aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10-4. Tonight, we'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Kyle Busch racing back to the line, and Kyle Busch will score the win. You know, it's it's Daytona, so it's a restrictor plate race. It's entirely different than what we plan or set up around or do anything with for the entirety of the season. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody, and happy Independence Week. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew in holiday mode as we get ready to celebrate the Stars and Stripes. In NASCAR, it's actually a two-pronged weekend. Last weekend at Chicagoland and this weekend at Daytona International Speedway. We celebrate our nation's independence in various ways, which you'll hear about on MRNNC at MRN.com. Lots of excitement this time of year and lots of excitement this past weekend in the Overton's 400. What a finish. Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch, a slugfest to the checkered flag. On today's show, Kyle Busch's crew chief, Adam Stevens, will join us to talk about the old slam-bang victory at Chicagoland and also give us a preview for this weekend's Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. We're going to go face-to-face with Hendrick Motorsports driver Alex Bowman. We'll peer into the personality of the driver of the number 88 Chevrolet. Also from the NASCAR Xfinity Series, Cole Custer has ascended to the top of the point standings, and he's having a great 2018 season. We'll talk about that with him, as well as preview this Friday night's Coca-Cola Firecracker 250 at Daytona. We'll hear some of the best in-car audio from Chicagoland with this week's NASCAR Live Backtracks. Plus, we'll have this week in NASCAR history, some fantasy advice, as well as a preview of Daytona from some of the top drivers in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. We've got all that coming up and a whole lot more. But to get things started, we bring in the host of NASCAR Today Midday, Kyle Rickey, with the latest in news. Kyle? Mike, three penalties have been handed down from the Chicago race weekend. Two come from the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series garage, both for a single unsecured lug nut following Sunday's Overton's 400. Denny Hamlin's crew chief, Mike Wheeler, and Brad Keselowski's crew chief, Paul Wolf, were each fined $10,000 due to the lug nut violation. In the NASCAR Xfinity Series garage, it was Brandon Jones' crew chief and Chris Gabehart fined $5,000, also for a single unsecured lug nut following Saturday's Overton's 300. 
And Kyle Larson finished second on Sunday in Chicagoland to race winner Kyle Busch following a last lap battle for the ages. Larson gained ground late in the race using the outside lane, a skill he says he developed racing dirt sprint cars. Racing wing sprint cars a lot, uh, running a cushion a lot, you know, helps for when you have to run inches off the wall like that. You know, cause I, I kind of think to like an Eldora or something, you know, you have to, if you're going to run the top, you have to commit and uh, enter on the wall and just run the wall the whole corner. And uh, so I, I got a lot of laps of doing that kind of stuff in sprint cars, and it just makes me comfortable for when I get into the stock car stuff. And, and the runner-up finishes continued last night for Larson, finishing second in a 410 sprint car race at Pennsylvania's Lincoln Speedway. The race also included Casey Kane, Christopher Bell, and Tony Stewart. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we look back at the Overton's 400 from Chicagoland with this week's Backtracks and later, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Cole Custer joins us. At AutoZone, helping you get more done is what we do best. Like with the AutoZone Rewards Program, you'll earn a $20 reward every time you spend 20 bucks or more five times. It's just one more way to get more done. Protect your engine from wear while protecting your wallet with great deals on oil change supplies from AutoZone. Visit any of our 5,500 locations nationwide and let us do more for you. See program terms on AutoZone.com slash rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Hey, are you just going to stand there and let people not give you credit for being a good driver? You deserve discounts on car insurance, and that's what Snapshot from Progressive is for. So why aren't you signing up? You need music to get pumped? Hit it! Drum solo! Ow, that hurts my fingers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. We've got this week's NASCAR Live Backtracks coming up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We are still relishing in the intensity of the Overton's 400 over the weekend at Chicagoland Speedway, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, running a great race this past Sunday. And here is some of the best in-car audio with this week's NASCAR Live Backtracks. Drivers, start your engines! And Truex is going to start at the tail end of the field in 36. Have a good one. We'll, uh, we'll do what we do Try not to make any dumb moves. Work away the front. Good luck in there, guys. Nice and steady. Let's go get them. Kevin Harvick won the first two races here at Chicagoland Speedway. All right, but the first stage is 80 laps. I split it in half here. Got to go 40 laps if it goes green. This first set. Sticker tires to start. On a beautiful but very, very warm Sunday afternoon, we're about to get at it at Chicagoland Speedway. A couple of Fords up front, Menard and Blaney. They see the green flag waving, and we're underway in the Overton's 400. Well, how about this? Clint Boyer, race leader, when he came off the racetrack, was too fast on pit road. He was busted. That will be a pass-through penalty. No pressure from behind. You're at the pit next time, bye. Four. On pit road. I'll be out of here, man. Got a super fast car, a long ways to go. All clear, all clear. Wave off the six. Slow car down low. You got to pit this time. Hey, what we got? Pass through. Do not stop. Do not speed, or then we have a stop and go. Watch your lights. Be smart. 4,300. Well, okay, he did a pit stop. Did a good job. Got a speeding penalty. 
came down the first time on the speeding penalty is a pass through. You drive through pit road at the prescribed speed. He sped there. The next time you stop and go, he did not come to a complete stop. So here he is now. He just did a stop and go. This is the third penalty trip down pit road. Damn Unbelievable. It's saying stop and go. It's saying stop and go. Stop and go. It's awful. Get a little more explanation next time, guys. 100 <laughs> I know what was going on. The electrical box on Kyle Larson, he stopped through it like he normally does. When he fired the engine, the engine shut down. The electrical system shut off on the race car. He had to recycle it around. Did you lose power to the dash? Did the dash go black or the car just died? A dash went black. Yeah, I came into the stall and kind of like wheel hop, and I lost power. And uh, yeah, the screen wouldn't come back on until I cycled it. The man we've been talking about, Eric Almarola, has hit pit road. Apparently, the reports were getting a loose wheel. It's bad, really bad. Only in the corners, the straightaway is getting worse. The corners are really bad. Therefore. Yeah, I gotta come. It's real bad. We're ready. Kurt Busch will give it up and fall back in position number four. All of this going on, some six car lengths behind the race leader. All right, settle in nice and smooth. Just take whatever to give you. Why in the f can we make this thing better during the race? We're tighter by letting left side air out. Yeah, 10-4. Got me too. Austin Dillon on pit road. He radioed into the crew and just said something doesn't feel right. He tried to self-diagnose from the car, offered up a few suggestions, possibly a brake rotor. He brought it in. They looked at it, elected to take it back to the garage. There was a slight spark of a fire under the right front. All right, let's burn a hub up. All right, let's take it to the garage then, guys. Wait. Let's back you up. We'll back you straight up about five stalls, and you can turn in. Guys, that right front is still on fire when you get there, so just be aware. I might get a fire extinguisher ready. Still dead, even side by side for the lead and the win in Chicago land. Kyle Larson gets up underneath Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch gets into the back of it. Both of them in the wall. Larson stays in the gas. He spins to the bottom and they're side by side. Watch him spin it. Stay in the gas here. Stay in the gas. Gotta get around him. Get around him. Get around him. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep freeze way back. Get to the line. Get to the line. Kyle Busch racing back to the line, and Kyle Busch will score the win after getting together with Kyle Larson not once but twice. Checker flag, got him. Outside, outside. Wheel racing, brother, wheeling. That's why you never give up, guys. Never give up. You did it, KB. You did it, big crew. Great job. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, finish so far in the 2018 season. Kyle Busch taking the checkered flag in the Overton's 400 at Chicagoland Speedway. His crew chief is Adam Stevens. Coming up later in the show, we'll talk with Adam about the win and also his outlook for this weekend's race in Daytona. If you're into fantasy racing, then you know how that picking your drivers for Daytona can be pretty rough. To help you with your picks this weekend, here's the host of the Inside Line Fantasy Show, Tyler Burnett. Thanks, Mike. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series heads to Daytona this week, which means restrictor plate racing and really anything can happen. Your fantasy team probably wants to be towards the saving side this week, not playing the big three in Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Kevin Harvick. You probably save Larson. You probably save Kyle Busch. You probably save Truex this week in Daytona. 
because you're going to want them for tracks moving forward. Now, of course, this is if you are playing NASCAR Fantasy Live. If you're in DraftKings, if those guys start towards the back, heck, then start them because you want some passing points at Daytona for DraftKings. My strategy this week in NASCAR Fantasy Live would be to start guys who historically finish races at plate tracks. If you want points, you need to be there at the end, and there seems to be a lot of crashes all the time at Daytona, so that's where I would start. Names like A.J. Allmendinger. Chris Busher, Paul Menard, Michael McDowell, David Reagan. Those guys historically like to hang around towards the end of the race, not push the button till they're towards the end of the race, maybe 20 to go, and then they'll try to win. Now, in the season opening Daytona 500, Austin Dillon won that race, the only race that Chevy has won all year. Eric Almirola crashed on the last lap of that race, so I believe Stuart House Racing, including Eric Almirola, Clint Boyer, Kevin Harvick, and Kurt Busch, they will be good this week as well, along with the Penske cars who have dominated at play tracks recently. Those are the guys I like this week in fantasy racing, whether it be NASCAR Fantasy Live or DraftKings. If you like information like this and you're a fantasy player, join us Friday on the Inside Line Fantasy Racing Show on MRN.com. We're on Facebook Live. That's again on Friday before cup practice on MRN. Mike? Thank you, T-Bone. Coming up on NASCAR Live, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Cole Custer will join us. And later, we go face-to-face with Alex Bowman. Things happen fast in racing, and if you don't know where to look, you can miss it all. With Legend from Racing Electronics, you'll never miss another moment. Legend gives you live fan vision video, in-car cameras, and stats at NASCAR and other Premier Series events. And the next-generation race scanner for unfiltered driver and crew audio at any motorsports event nationwide. NASCAR fans have never been closer to the action. Welcome to the future of the fan experience. Learn more by visiting racingelectronics.com. Before we can wave the green flag, we raise the red, white, and blue. Before we can race, we soar. Before we can scream, we sing. Before we celebrate, we reflect. Before we can do what we do, we thank you for all that you do. NASCAR salutes, refreshed by Coke. Experience the patriotism on NBC and NBCSN. NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Cole Custer is up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Coming up Friday night, the NASCAR Xfinity Series racing under the lights at Daytona International Speedway. The Coca-Cola Firecracker 250 coming up to talk about that and also the events of the weekend at Chicagoland Speedway, driving the double zero for Stuart Haas Racing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Cole Custer joins us again on NASCAR Live. Cole, how are you? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Oh, anytime, my friend. Anytime. I know Saturday was uncomfortable at best. Let's walk through the weekend, though. The number one storyline was the weather. How did you cope with those excessive weather conditions you had inside that race car? It was rough. That's for sure, honey. It was uh, that's probably the hardest race we're going to have this year, I, I would say. So it was not easy getting through that one. You just definitely had to hydrate as much as you could going into it was the biggest thing. But, you know, I felt like, you know, I handled it fairly well. I was still pretty wore out at the end of the race man it was it was brutal that's for sure it just it got i think all guys cars said it was over 150 degrees and it was rough that's for sure when you talk about hydrating how early does that start and what is it that you hydrate yourself with usually starts on tuesday or wednesday and you're just trying to drink as much water and gatorade and 
Pedialyte, you know, anything that really, you know, helps your body, you're going to try and drink it. So that's the big thing. And also during the race, I mean, you're just pouring water on yourself, trying to cool yourself down. So it's, you're doing all you can just to try and make it through it. Is there a mental side to this? When you're in a race car that's 150 degrees and you're trying to focus on the task at hand, how difficult is it to put the, I guess, the heat that you're sitting in out of your mind and focus in on doing stuff with the race car that can win you the race? Uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of got to put it aside for a little while and just try and focus on what you're doing. Even though you're you're pretty tired and pretty hot, you just got to try and focus on, uh, you know, what's at hand. But I think it also, you know, sometimes that distracts you from how hot you really are. So it, uh, it definitely, you know, I think if you're focusing on racing, you're not really thinking about the heat that much. Well, the good thing about Saturday is, even though it was hot and it was very uncomfortable, you're able to pull together a third-place finish. Uh, Kyle Larson winning the race, Kevin Harvick, and Cole Custer, the top three from Chicagoland's Overton's 300. Seemed like the car was pretty good from our perspective. What about from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I felt like, honestly, at the end of the race, we had the best car. It was just Kyle Larson just had such a big lead at that point. We, and there were no cautions to really, you know, catch back up. So, it, and, I, and I messed up the green flag pit stop. So, it was, uh, I felt like our guys gave, gave me an a great car and it just just kind of didn't really play into our hands but i felt like you know it was a really solid day and uh we, we're on this really good top five streak right now so we can just keep that going and i think uh you know we'll, we'll close in on a win here soon and that was my next question you guys have been very consistent with the top five finishes that has to give you a little pep in your step knowing that the car is good enough to be in the top five now just taking that next step getting her in victory lane yeah, I mean, obviously, whenever you're in the top five, that means you're usually competing, you know, neck and neck for a win. So I think uh, we're, we're close to it. We just have to have everything fall our way, and we got to, you know, just try and beat everybody. <laughs> we can't let a few guys beat us now. So, you know, it's tough, but you just got to try and do everything right and not make any mistakes. Chatting with Cole Custer, driving the double zero, the the Haas Automation Ford for Stewart Haas Racing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. We talked about the cars and such, but what about you? Where are you this season uh, mentally and as far as your preparedness for races? We've been watching you grow uh, for quite a while in this series, and it seems like you're right on the cusp. You're definitely a playoff contender, but where are you in your growth right now as far as the NASCAR Xfinity Series is concerned? Uh, right now, I feel like we're in a really good spot. I think, uh, you know, we're competing for, you know, we're in the top five every single weekend. We have speed every weekend. So I think it's just, you know, it's closing out another win is the biggest thing. But I feel like right now we can compete with any cup tie and, you know, you know, we can race with the best of them in the Xfinity Series. We just have to figure out how to beat all of them. So, you know, I think as a driver, I've gotten better this year being more aggressive and being better with, you know, uh, in traffic and completing passes and stuff like that, just a little thing. So I think uh, right now we're in a good spot. We just have to, you know, make everything perfect. Well, speaking of being in traffic, you're going to be in a ton of traffic this weekend at Daytona. We're always got the cars packed up and the like. 14th place finish to kick off the season at Daytona in February. How about this coming weekend? What are some of the keys to keeping yourself sane in all that traffic and making sure you're at the right place at the right time when that checkered flag flies. Oh, well, it's tough. That's for sure. I mean, you're, uh, you're kind of hoping for the best throughout the whole race, but uh, I mean, you're trying to, you're definitely going to want to try and stay up front if you can, because that's probably the safest place. And it seems like, you know, if you're not aggressive, you're probably going to get, get caught up in something. So you, you pretty much have to be aggressive the whole race to try and keep yourself, you know, in the fight. And it's, 
I think uh, that's the biggest thing. But, you know, we'll see what we can do. I think our speedway program has been getting better and better as we go, and I've been getting better and better at it. I don't think I'm the strongest speedway racer, but I think uh, I'm definitely improving. So I think we can compete for, you know, a top five this weekend, and hopefully, you know, we can uh, have everything go right and get a win. We can't wait to see it. The NASCAR Xfinity Series Coca-Cola Firecracker 250 coming up 7 Eastern right here on the Motor Racing Network. That is Friday night. Cole Custer, the points leader, lead them in to Daytona. Appreciate the time as always, Cole, and we'll look forward to seeing what you got for him there Friday night under the lights. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Cole Custer joining us here on NASCAR Live. Coming up next, we'll go face-to-face with Alex Bowman, and later Kyle Busch's crew chief Adam Stevens joins us. Front style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong, bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward, never retreating, never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this we'll defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com or on the track this week at Daytona International Speedway. Kyle Petty here. My friends at Click and Close, the official mortgage provider of NASCAR, have stepped up this year to support Victory Junction through the fastest lap of the race program on NASCAR radio. So join our team. Go to clickandclose.com slash NASCAR today to donate $43 or more and help us give the gift of camp to children with serious medical conditions. That's clickandclose.com slash NASCAR. And just look for the Victory Junction logo. Thanks to Click and Close and NASCAR radio for their support this season. Got a bit of a different schedule for you this weekend here on MRN. Our coverage actually begins Thursday. Two practice sessions for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Coverage begins at 2 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Eastern, respectively, on MRN.com. Then on Friday, we'll qualify for the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Coverage begins at 4 Eastern Friday night. It'll be the NASCAR Xfinity Series, Coca-Cola Firecracker 250, 7 p.m. Eastern, our airtime. And then, of course, we're back Saturday with the Coke Zero Sugar 400, 6 p.m. Eastern time, our airtime. And, of course, to see the schedule, head off to MRN.com. Alex Bowman is coming up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We thank you for spending part of your Independence Week with us here on the Motor Racing Network. Over the weekend, our Kim Kuhn had a chance to sit down and chat with one of the newest members of Hendrick Motorsports. That would be Alex Bowman. It's this week's NASCAR Live face-to-face interview. Halfway through your first season with Hendrick Motorsports, where do you feel like you and the team are in terms of finding a groove, getting past learning curves, just gelling with the team, etc.? I think all that's been great right off the bat. Um, obviously, having worked together in 2016, I think really helped speed that process up. There are some new faces on the team, but um, not too many. And <coughs> I feel like Greg and all the guys have been working together really well. So um, that's all gone really smoothly. Uh, the rest of it's kind of been up and down, but uh, the communication and gelling as a race team has been really good. It seems like the Chevy camp has struggled a little bit with the new Camaro. Where do you feel like you specifically and your team are in terms of making strides to get where you need to be with the new car? Yeah, you know, I I personally, I, I don't put too much of it on the Camaro. Um, you know, the, the 42 consistently kicks our butt with the same starting point. So, um, you know, I think we're just a little off in, um, in a bunch of areas. And if we can get 
everything a little bit better, we're going to bring a much better product to the racetrack. So um, all the guys at the shop are working super hard. Uh, all, all the road guys are working really hard. Nobody's given up. Everybody's working really hard. We know we're off of where we need to be. Um, but we're making improvements every week and um, trying to close the gap. You mentioned that communication between you and crew chief Greg Ives is great, but what's the relationship like? Because from afar, not knowing Greg on a personal level, he seems very buttoned up, very professional, very quiet. You, on the other hand, very outgoing. Yeah, Greg, um, the Riddler, he, uh, he's a pretty, he's a special guy. Um, I'm getting him to come out of his shell a little bit, I feel like. Um, I just got him to trade in his Chevy Volt uh, for a Cadillac CTSV, so like we're moving up in the world with every little bit. So um, no, Greg's been great to work with. Uh, he's kind of the opposite of me in a lot of ways, but uh, we have a lot of fun together and we get along really well. So um, Greg definitely has the outgoing, fun having side. You just don't see it very often, and it might have a different name. So. <laughs> Um, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun to hang out with Greg. Before you took over for Dale Jr. in the 88, you were adamant that you wanted to earn the 88 fans, not just get them by default. Do you feel like you've earned them? To be honest with you, I, I don't think we've really performed well enough to really um, give fans something to cheer for. You know, we've had some some okay weeks, um, but, but fans want to cheer for uh, somebody contending for wins and stuff like that. So... We haven't really done our job uh, on that side of things, and um, we're getting closer to it. Uh, I just um, don't feel like we've really given them something to cheer for. So hopefully that comes sooner rather than later, and uh, hopefully some of the, the 88 fans will come my way. The running joke is that you're a rookie driver, because I think some fans don't know or maybe they forget that you ran full-time in cup before you got the ride in the 88. Aside from that, if you could go back and give your rookie self some advice, what would it be? Um not make yourself don't make yourself so miserable doing what you're doing because obviously it all worked out um i don't know i was just uh those two years in cup were not a lot of fun um i think it made me a better race car driver from those experiences but um it was pretty frustrating at times just me feeling like i i could contend with the guys running up front and um didn't have the opportunities to be able to show that so um I probably just put too much pressure on myself and kind of didn't let myself enjoy it enough. Being with a team now, though, that, that has good equipment, that has, you know, established themselves in the sport, it's obviously a lot more fun. How does that change each week at the racetrack, knowing that maybe at this point you're not contending for wins, but you're contending for top tens, top fives? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely still, um, there's probably more pressure here than, uh, than anywhere I've been. Obviously, just from the expectations that uh, we're here to win races and everything, but it's a lot of fun to work with these guys. It's a good group of people. Um, they, uh, they've done a great job at not being too hard on me when I mess up and, and stuff like that. So um, it's just been a really enjoyable uh, group to work with. Um, definitely having more fun than I've had in the past, but at the same time, um, you want to run up front and contend for wins. So hopefully we get uh, back to that, but um, I'm sure we will. It just takes some time. Your career has had ups and downs. I mean, you look at a couple years ago and you were out of a full-time ride running the simulator for Hendrick. Um, in that position, would you have ever guessed you'd be where you are today? No, not at all. Um, I mean, you know, obviously you like to kind of hope, but um, definitely 
never would have thought since probably 2000, like 2012, I thought <laughs> maybe I had a shot. Uh, 13 to, to 16, I was like, there's no way. Um, and it, it's just uh, everything happens for a reason, and it's amazing that it all worked out the, the way it did. But um, it's a lot of hard work and, and tough days and tough years of not knowing what the future held. So um, it's pretty cool for it all to, uh, to have taken shape the way it did. Back in the Michigan Xfinity race, you and Elliot Sadler kind of got in a dust-up, but you ironed things out, and you did it relatively quickly. As a driver, when you have those moments with other drivers, what's your preferred method of making things okay? Is it, I'm going to text him, I'm going to call him, I'm going to actually go knock on his holler door? Yeah, I guess it really depends on the guy and how well you know him. Um, I know Elliot pretty well, and kind of typically when he's fired up at somebody... He makes it pretty well known right after the race. And he'll come yell at him. And when he walked right past me, I kind of realized that he probably realized he messed up. Um, and, uh, and shortly after the race, he called me, and we ironed it all out. So um, tempers flare. That was kind of a situation where I couldn't have really done much different aside from lift with, uh, with the rain super close and lose five spots and cost myself a good day. So um, it was a bummer for sure, but glad we got it all ironed out I just like I said I think it's different for everybody and sometimes you uh if you're on the other side of that and the other guy's really mad walking up to him right after the race as soon as you get out of the car it's uh it's great for the media because they get a highlight reel but it really doesn't accomplish anything so I think sometimes letting things settle down a little bit is uh, is the better way to go among your teammates Chase Elliott William Byron Jimmy Johnson who do you feel like you're the closest with um well William and I get uh, kind of sent all over the country together, so um, we uh, I, I probably spend the most time around him, uh, but at the same time, I think he hates me a little bit because I, I kind of make fun of him quite a bit. Um, like yesterday, he had to get the day off high school to get on the plane, but, um, but I, I love William. He's a, he's a great kid. He does never give it, give it back, so I, he's just, like, taking all the jokes in, and one day he's going to burn my house down. Um, but I feel like all four of us are really close. Um, all four of us went to uh, the Ron Fellows Driving School last week together and had a lot of fun together. So um, we're all pretty close, and um, we're all able to lean on each other. And having a guy on your team that's won a couple championships, like seven or whatever, not a big number, but um, it's, uh, it's pretty helpful for sure. What's one thing fans or maybe even the industry doesn't know about you? I get that question in, like, every interview, and I'm, like, the most boring person in the world. Um, that's a really t- I had a good answer for it two days ago in a production day that I had, and I've already forgotten what that answer was. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a really good question. I like dogs a lot, but everybody knows that. <laughs> July 4th coming up, any big plans? I think we're on the plane out here on Wednesday, so, um, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I don't know, I'll go to the beach and watch fireworks. That's, that's, a, that's a tough one, or not out here, out to Daytona, but, um, yeah, probably not a whole lot of anything. That's Alex Bowman and our Kim Kuhn from over the weekend in Chicagoland. Coming up next, we'll chat with Kyle Busch's crew chief, Adam Stevens, about the win over the weekend, and we'll get a preview for this week's race in Daytona. I could tell you how powerful and refined every Camaro model is, but it's probably best if you hear it for yourself. That's the Camaro LT with the available 335-horsepower V6. 
455 horsepower Camaro SS. And that's the 650 horsepower supercharged ZL1. Okay, okay, stop. Meet the entire Camaro family at Chevy.com slash Camaro. Things happen fast in racing, and if you don't know where to look, you can miss it all. With Legend from Racing Electronics, you'll never miss another moment. Legend gives you live fan vision video, in-car cameras, and stats at NASCAR and other Premier Series events. And the next-generation race scanner for unfiltered driver and crew audio at any motorsports event nationwide. NASCAR fans have never been closer to the action. Welcome to the future of the fan experience. Learn more by visiting RacingElectronics.com. Kyle Busch's crew chief Adam Stevens is coming up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Kyle Busch racing back to the line, and Kyle Busch will score the win after getting together with Kyle Larson not once but twice. Pretty much junk all weekend. I was scratching my head. I was confused. The, feed, uh, confused. the feedback wasn't great. And to turn it around and, and get a W out of this thing, uh, words can't even describe it. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded Sunday in the Overton's 400. Jeff Striegel with the call right here on the Motor Racing Network and a little Adam Stevens chaser. We get a full sit-down interview right now with the crew chief for Kyle Busch and the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. The aforementioned Adam Stevens joins us here on NASCAR Live. Adam, congratulations on getting that win Sunday. Woo! Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, that was uh, didn't see that one coming about halfway through the race or at any point in time during the weekend, to be completely honest. And, you know, that's what we just heard uh, in the interview after the checkered flag. Heard about, you know, just confused and then and, 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 and trying to get your arms around the car and all that. Walk us back through when, when the garage opened on Friday and that car rolled off the lift gate. What were you guys struggling with? Gosh, everything. Uh, the biggest struggle was we didn't know what we needed to do uh, to make the car better. You know, with the uh, new left side tire and the reduced stagger and this seemed like the grip level was down, and the bumps are always uh, an issue at, at Chicago. And you can run about any lane you choose, and there's pavement seems to deal with, and the grip level was down because the temperatures were up so high. It, it just made it hard for Kyle to be consistent and to kind of get a direction um, so he could identify the deficiencies in the car and, and give us something we could really sink our teeth in to work on. So uh, throughout practice there, oh, and not to mention that it was an enhanced schedule, so we only had two 50-minute practice sessions, so we didn't have a lot of a lot of thinking time or a lot of ciphering time to really sort through it all. Uh, so, you know, we made it a little bit better as practice went on, but didn't qualify well at all, and uh, made it probably a little bit better um, with our changes to start the race, but, man, it was all we could do to run, run 10th or 12th there the first half of the race. Well, you talk about all that you were you were fighting. Let's let's focus in for a moment on the enhanced weekend. Practice obviously was on the limited side and you qualified after the Xfinity Series race on Saturday. How does that change what you do and the agenda that you have knowing that this past weekend was out of the norm for what you usually have? Yeah, it really puts a priority on unloading with a balanced car that has has some speed um and we didn't do that so that that's on us but it's not like you know that when you're going into the weekend you do everything you can and prepare the best you can and you know have high confidence that you're going to unload competitively but we just didn't but uh with the enhanced schedule you just have a lot less track time 
And in addition to having less track time, you have less time in between the practices to make changes and think about changes and run simulations and figure out where you're missing it. Um, and normally you would uh, have all Saturday night um, to do that same thing. And, and all we had was just a couple hours after final practice before we had to uh, be in line to qualify. So, um, you know, all of that time that you would spend thinking about the car and, and really trying to identify where you're weak and where you're strong and, and addressing those issues is just wiped clean. So um, it really puts a priority on, uh, on unloading competitively. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. Do you prefer the enhanced weekend or do you prefer the quote-unquote normal weekend? Well, I mean, if, if I had to pick one, I, I honestly prefer the enhanced weekend because it gives us more time at home and gives us more time in the shop. It, it's just a bit of an adjustment. Um, and there'll be plenty of places that will unload just fine and, and it won't be an issue. It'll probably be an issue for somebody else, but, uh, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's fair for all of us. So to me, it really doesn't matter, but, uh, you know, the extra time at home and, and the, uh, extra time in the shop, I, I think, uh, is a, is a big benefit for all the competitors. Of course, this weekend we dealt with scorching heat. What kind of, what kind of input did that have into practice, into qualifying and ultimately, the race it seemed to me that saturday was the hottest day of the whole weekend would you agree with that or was it a little hotter on sunday for you boys i think it was a, a hotter on saturday for sure uh but the wind was up on sunday which which threw the drivers for another loop just another var variable to deal with but you know the biggest thing that you worry about is the, the driver falling out of the seat getting wore out especially if he's pulling a double double header which thankfully KB was not this past weekend. And then you worry about your over-the-wall guys, um, you know, especially if they're doing a doubleheader. You know, the guys that have to physically perform are probably your, your first uh, priority. And then the rest of us that are, you know, mechanics and engineers and, and stuff like that, we can suffer through it. And we got plenty of time to cool down and, and stay in the shade. So it wasn't too hard on the rest of us. But, uh, you know, it, it just – elevates the track temp so much as well that it really drops the grip level and um, you know makes it really difficult racetrack to get a hold of and, and makes it a lot of fun but uh, you know it, it's quite a set of uh, circumstances to deal with uh, this time of year once that driver buckles into that race car uh, you know he's in there until the bitter end and i know that you guys try to make him as comfortable as possible do you try anything different do you don't run different hoses i mean what's the what's the configuration like in the cockpit to try to keep him as comfortable i mean i realize that we're dealing with a 150 degree race car on the inside but what do you do to try to get him as comfortable as possible in there well at these real hot uh, weather races through the uh, middle of the summer um, like we had this past weekend um, there are some compromises we'll make uh, aerodynamically to provide more air to the driver uh, to keep him cool that we would not do um, at different times of the year um, because it, it does come at a downforce penalty. You know, we can add uh, air cooling ducts and aqueducts and supply that air to the driver. Um, we can do multiple things uh, along those lines that might come at a bit of a, a downforce penalty, but, uh, you know, if your driver's fresher at the end of the race, um, probably pays for itself. In, in addition to that, you know, they have to work really hard to stay hydrated throughout the weeks leading up to events like this and certainly through the race and through the uh, race weekend itself. Um, and that, that's no small task. And, and missing that uh, hydration a, a little bit um, 
can can ruin you. You know, you see these guys get out of the car and they can't stand up or or have to go infield care center immediately after and get IVs. Um, it, it's so easy for that type of stuff to happen with these type of conditions. Well, let's uh, let's uh, zoom until forward to the latter stages of the race. You talked about the challenges of getting the car right. Kyle admitted that he wasn't necessarily the fastest car, but out in front, but that 42 car was coming with guns ablaze, and he got you there with about two to go. And then all bets were off there on the last lap. When you were sitting on the war wagon, what was going through your mind there the last couple of laps? <laughs> well, you know, looking at the lap times that last run, uh, once we held off Harvick and Harvick started to drop back, um, you know, you, you could see the 42's lap times, just how fast he was when he committed to that ultra high line on both ends. And that was a line that we just weren't capable of running um, on that day. So you could see him coming. You didn't know how long it would last. You didn't know if he was going to knock the right side off of it or if that line itself would, would wear out and slow down. Um, but you knew he was going to get there or get darn close before the race was over. And as it was working out, um, it looked like he was going to get close but not really get there by the time the checkered flag fell. And then he kind of scraped the wall. And at the point that he scraped the wall and slowed down for a lap, I was convinced that we were home free as long as we didn't get, a, as long as we didn't get an, another caution. Um, but then we ran into some uh, lap traffic and, and got boxed in pretty good, and all of a sudden that gap was gone again. And uh, the race was on from that point. More coming up with Adam Stevens here on NASCAR Live. I'm not blooming good, I'm blooming great. Put a shrimp on the barbie and sizzle my steak. Woo, I want that onion to bloom. And it get in my senses like sonic boom. No rules, just right. So cold, so nice. And I'm so, 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 so ready for that Outback steak tonight. Outback Steakhouse. That's what it's all about. In order to maximize a vehicle's performance and efficiency, the proper adjustments need to be made based on the road ahead. That's true for both race car drivers on the track and for truck drivers hauling freight on the highway. But if your truck's equipped with a Detroit DT12 automated manual transmission with intelligent powertrain management, adjustments are made automatically based on GPS terrain mapping, maximizing performance and efficiency. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at demanddetroit.com. We've got more with Adam Stevens coming up. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We are chatting with the race-winning crew chief, Adam Stevens. He and Kyle Busch taking the checkered flag Sunday at Chicagoland Speedway. But now we move forward to restrictor plate race number three of the year, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 coming up Saturday night at Daytona International Speedway. Adam, what's the difference in racing at Daytona in July than racing in February? Well, uh, there's a lot of things that are different. Um, first and foremost, uh, we race at night rather than racing during the day, and that presents a whole other set of um, track conditions that we have to deal with. Uh, in addition to that, the aero package has changed a little bit from the... Uh, first race, we have a little bit bigger spoiler. Some other rules have changed, some little nuanced rules. Uh, the plate is different than we had at Talladega, the last super speedway race. The race is quite a bit shorter, so that m changes the segment lengths and changes the uh, segment strategy quite a bit. You know, you don't have to pit 
to make it to the end of the segments, whereas you did have to pit for fuel at least to make it to the end of the segments in the in the 500. So it's a whole different race in that aspect. Uh, the track's the same, but beyond that, it's completely different. Different schedule. We've got two 50-minute practice sessions on Thursday. Uh, anything more critical about making sure you come off the truck right on Thursday so when you qualify on Friday and race on Saturday, you're good to go. Anything you do differently to the race car in July than February? Um, you know, we're, we're all trying to adjust to the little bit new, newer aero package, um, first and foremost. Uh, and nobody runs enough laps in practice in a big enough pack to really understand what they have. Uh, and you probably wouldn't want to anyway because you practice during the day and you race during the night, so it's not exactly a uh, apples-to-apples apples comparison. So. Uh, it's pretty risky to go out there in the pack and trade a lot of paint and, and do the things that you would do um, in the race. So, you know, everybody goes into the actual race with a bit of an unknown, you know, some some more than others, depending on how much they practice and, and how competitive their restrictor plate program is, you know, at this point in time in the year. So um, kind of got that thrown into the mix there. So uh, the two 50-minute practices um, – is nothing like what we had at uh, Chicago last week because, you know, everybody's going to be hammered down, put to the floor, um, you know, drafting and, and pack racing and and whole different set of circumstances than what we've had uh, at last week at Chicago. Do you call a restrictor plate race differently than you would a Chicago or a Pocono or a Michigan or something like that? Oh, absolutely. It, it, it's completely different. Um, you know, it, it's all about – uh, how many laps can you put on your tires? You know, a lot of places we go, anytime the caution comes out, you want four tires on it as quick as possible. Well, a lot of times at, at the restrictor plate tracks, um, tires don't make that big of a difference. If you're not grip limited on your handling, then you might put 80 or 90 or 100 laps on, on your tires or on your left sides for sure. And then it's just about, you know, how much fuel do you need um, to get to the next segment or to get to the end of the race and try to really minimize your time on pit road. Um, but everybody's on that program, so you really have to be aggressive with the pit strategy to use that to get out front. Um, and a lot of times, uh, you know, there's, there's four or five cars that really, really have good speed, and there's uh, four or five cars that are pretty competitive but will be ultra-aggressive on the pit strategy to try to get out front. And you want to be in front for a number of reasons, uh, but primarily because you start to get that last third of the race where you start to get – everybody up on the edge of their seat and, and uh, get their elbows up trying to get toward the front. And that's when all the accidents happen. And the safest place to be is uh, to avoid the accidents is uh, out front. Well, we wish you the best in trying to get win number six of the season, Texas, Bristol, Richmond, Charlotte, Chicago, already on the winning hit list and all the best trying to get a restrictor plate win under your belt here Saturday night at Daytona. That sounds great. Hopefully we can uh, make a little <laughs> magic this weekend like we did last weekend. There you go. Appreciate the time, Adam. We'll see you in Daytona. Okay, thank you. That is race-winning crew chief Adam Stevens. He and Kyle Busch going to victory lane, winning the Overton's 400 this past weekend at Chicago Land Speedway. Coming up, we're going to go back on this weekend NASCAR history, and later we will indeed preview this weekend's Coke Zero Sugar 400 at the World Center of Racing. At AutoZone, helping you get more done is what we do best. Like with the AutoZone Rewards Program, you'll earn a $20 reward every time you spend 20 bucks or more five times. It's just one more way to get more done. Protect your engine from wear while protecting your wallet with great deals on oil change supplies from AutoZone. 
Visit any of our 5,500 locations nationwide and let us do more for you. See program terms on AutoZone.com slash rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, who's the greatest of all time? For my money, it's Progressive's home and auto bundle. It literally saves you money. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Look, it's simple. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Add up all the heroes, take away the zeros, and what you got? One big trophy of me saying, I told you so. I disagree. Thanks, fellas. Took the words right out of my mouth. There's really no debate. Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle is a winning combination. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Get ready to put a bow on this week's NASCAR Live. In a moment, we're going to preview this weekend's Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. But first, let's step back in time for this week in NASCAR history. This week, we begin in 1983. Def Leppard is on the radio with Rock of Ages. Burt Reynolds and Lonnie Anderson are together on the big screen with the NASCAR-themed movie Stroker Ace. While NASCAR was racing at the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway. It was the 25th running of the Firecracker 400, and it was the final win for Buddy Baker. Jeff, the car swing across, taking the checkered flag. What a climactic finish to the 25th annual Firecracker 400 as a little bit of everything happened on that final lap. And fuel again was the big story here at Daytona. They took the gamble. It didn't pay off for a couple of them. For Baker, it did. Jump forward 10 years to 1993. Garth Brooks is red hot at number one with that summer. At the arcade, people were dropping their money in games like Mortal Kombat 2 and Samurai Showdown. And again, NASCAR was at Daytona. Dale Earnhardt held off Sterling Marlin and Ken Schrader to win the Pepsi 400. Marlins Ford is second. Dale Earnhardt leads. Ken Schrader slides up the backing. Here comes Schrader's Chevrolet side-by-side side with Marlin for second, but Dale Earnhardt leads to the checkered flag. The side-by-side side battle for second is going to take place, and that will leave Earnhardt all alone to cruise to a win by a car length and a half. His second Daytona win. Marlin finishes second. And we end this week in 2004. Gretchen Wilson has the number one country album with Here for the Party. In New York City, a ceremonial cornerstone was laid to begin construction of the Freedom Tower and NASCAR was once again in Daytona. This time it was Jeff Gordon driving the Gatorade Victory Lane in the Pepsi 400. Everybody on their feet here at Daytona. Jeff Gordon leading Jimmy Johnson. Dale Earnhardt Jr. going third. Going to try to make one last run, but it's Jeff Gordon off turn four. Jeff Gordon started on the bud pole tonight like he did last week at Infinity on Raceway. And at the finish, he'll be up front like he did last week. Jeff Gordon wins the Pepsi 400. Happy birthday this week to the king of stock car racing, Richard Petty, turned 81. And those are just some of the events of this week in NASCAR history. Before we close up shop on today's show, Susie Armstrong has this week's NASCAR Live Race Preview for Daytona. Thank you, Mike. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series teams head back to the beach this week for the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona International Speedway. Freshening up from his paint-swapping victory at Chicagoland Speedway, Kyle Busch returns to the World Center of Racing, anticipating another scorcher as the Joe Gibbs Racing pilot attempts to capture his second Central Florida Summertime Classic. Right now, it's all about getting your fluids back in you all throughout the, the entire week, you know. So, um, you know, you're not going to get them all back in in one night or two nights. It's going to take the entirety of a week to, to get back to where you need to be for that race. And you'll start over again after that race goes, you know. But... 
you know, it's it's Daytona, so it's a restrictor plate race. It's entirely different than what we plan or set up around or do anything with for the entirety of the season, mostly. And so uh, a lot of different planning goes into that. After knocking fenders with Bush in a dramatic Chicagoland finish, Kyle Larson treks to Daytona in search of his first top five on the 2.5-mile trioval. I really haven't even thought about Daytona a whole lot. Um, you know, I don't really know if there's much to even think about at Daytona uh, leading up to Daytona just because it's the same style racing every time you go there. Two-time Daytona 500 pole sitter Chase Elliott has yet to close the deal on the high banks and hopes to parlay a third-place finish at Talladega weeks ago into success in Central Florida. I felt like we had the strength at the 500 that we had at Talladega. I actually, to be honest with you, I thought we had more strength at the 500 than what we had at Talladega. You know, just a little stronger and, and I could make some more moves and and kind of pull lanes and and make people um, a little more interested in going with you or giving you a push because of that. And then people recognize that, you know, as soon as the race starts and you get going, people kind of see who's good and who they want to push because if they're pushing you, eventually they're going to help themselves, and that's why they do it. So I thought we were better off at that at Daytona than we were uh, at Talladega, so looking forward to getting back. The green flies over the Coke Zero Sugar 400 Saturday night at Daytona International Speedway just after 7 p.m. Eastern. Live coverage on the Motor Racing Network begins at 6. For this week's NASCAR Live Race Preview, I'm Susie Armstrong. Thank you, Susie. We always love going to Daytona. It's a classic, and you won't want to miss it. The Coke Zero Sugar 400 Race Weekend. That's all the time we have for this week. Our thanks to Adam Stevens for joining us. Also, Cole Custer and Alex Bowman. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We'll talk with you next week right here on NASCAR Live. So long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Colbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.